I'm sure that by this point, most of you have already heard how one of our sister congregations has a vacancy, and so they extended a call for me to consider serving at their congregation as, as shepherd. And if you've heard that news, some of you might find it unsettling, distressing, or maybe, maybe you're just secretly rejoicing, you're just good at hiding it. But either case, um, as a call is deliberated to serve, I have a call deliberation to go here or there. And it's not that I'm looking to leave Rock of Ages or that I even knew a place called Peace existed in Livonia, Michigan. I had no idea until they called me. But nonetheless, I still need to give that call due consideration. Because just as Rock of Ages once had a vacancy, they now have need and a vacancy for a shepherd. And God sends shepherds to his flock. So what, what is a pastor to think about as he deliberates where he is to serve? You know, as has so often happened in our series, it just so happens to be that today's reading from 1 Peter is very timely and comes up just at the right time. As Peter talks to us about shepherds, and what shepherds are to think about as they consider serving the flock. So what ought a shepherd to consider as they think about serving their flock? We'll see that as we look at God's word. It's words which are important for both me, the people at Peace, Lutheran, and Livonia, and for you here at Rock of Ages. We read from 1 Peter chapter 5, the first four verses. Peter says, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also share in the glory to be revealed. So Peter, up to this point in his letter, has addressed suffering. He's addressed the, the scattered believers, and now he recognizes there are, he calls them, elders. He says they are those who will shepherd, who will oversee the church. There are those who guide God's flock. Even in scattered Asia Minor, among the suffering believers, Peter recognizes God has not left them alone. God always sends leaders, shepherds, overseers, sometimes the word is translated bishops, to serve his church. Peter himself identifies, as he says, as a fellow elder. He was an apostle sent directly by Jesus, but also an elder who would not just because he's older in the congregation, but who would lead the congregation spiritually. And as Peter writes to these fellow leaders in the church, they are those who will shepherd, who will watch over, who will oversee the believers as they struggle from cross to crown. So what does Peter tell them? First of all, he notes he is a, a little bit outstanding among the elders as a witness of Christ's sufferings. Peter was a special eyewitness. He was the one who was there as Jesus was down in the dirt with his face down praying and as the soldiers came to arrest him. He was there in the courtyard, Peter was, along with John, watching Jesus stand on trial as he was bound and questioned. Peter witnessed an eyewitness of the sufferings of Christ. You know, why mention that here? Because these elders were suffering with their flock. They were following Christ, who is a suffering Savior. And Peter's reminding them here how he witnessed the suffering, and yes, Peter would undergo suffering, and they too would face trials. 
But it's not the end. As he's often done throughout his letter, Peter reminds us they shepherd from cross to crown. He says, who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Don't forget, Peter's saying, I'm not just a witness of the one who suffered. I'm a witness of the glory of Christ, the risen Lord, the victorious shepherd. Our great good shepherd is the one who rose from the grave. He is the one who will come again in glory, Peter's saying. So he's saying to these fellow elders, as he appeals to them, he says, you follow Christ from cross to crown, from suffering to glory. Christ suffered for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, he had written earlier, to bring you to God. So what does he tell them? He says, be shepherds. And that's actually the word that we have for pastor. It's just the word that means to shepherd. So he's saying, be pastors of God's flock. Peter, who was told by Jesus, feed my lambs now reminds the elders who are leaders in the church, feed God's flock. As shepherds of God's flock, that is under your care. I want to pause here because Peter describes this flock in a way that we sometimes forget. He says, feed, shepherd, watch over, guide God's flock. Notice, though they are scattered throughout Asia Minor, it's not the elders that they follow. It's not the elders they belong to. It is God's flock. Same thing here at Rock of Ages or at Peace Livonia. It's not my church. It's not the church of the elders or the leaders who make a lot of the guiding decisions as we carry out ministry together. It's God's flock. God is the one who bought that flock with his blood. God is the one who will feed that flock with food. And a shepherd when they deliberate a call, needs to remember it's God's flock. It can be easy for a shepherd to have a a big head sometimes. When you have a flock as, as great as you guys are, it's easy to have a big head. Or it's wonderful to shepherd as the flock is doing well and thriving and loving one another and healthy. But it's God's flock. And he adds, God's flock that is under your care, they're entrusted with that flock. He says, not because you must, but because you are willing. What must a shepherd consider? Peter's going to list three things. One is a willingness of heart. Uh, A shepherd who serves in a flock because he must, because it's what he has to do begrudgingly, or under compulsion, doesn't recognize it's God's flock and a privilege, doesn't recognize that God will provide but they serve simply because they feel they're under compulsion or they have to receive a paycheck or they need to do it because if they don't, they'll, they'll maybe look bad. But Peter says, not because you must. Don't shepherd, he's saying. Don't, don't take this call to serve. Don't carry out and continue in this call to serve because you feel you have to. Do it because you are willing, as God wants you to be. How does a shepherd escape that compulsion to merely go through the motions, to to shepherd the flock because it's what they have to do as their their job? Well, he says, because you're willing. A shepherd could easily sink into selfishness 
and to look what they get out of it. And they're only willing so far as they get paid enough or things are going well. But Peter says, you're going to bear a cross. You will bear a cross as you shepherd from cross to crown. You who witnessed, he says, I who witnessed the sufferings of Christ appeal to you. Shepherd, because you're willing, even when times get hard. If a shepherd would only shepherd when things are good, he would abandon the flock when things got difficult. He would take the call to serve somewhere else only because he would want to escape trouble. That's not what God says. He says, because you're willing, as God wills it, and as he wants, even as you adore a cross. And then he adds, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Shepherd Peter's saying, not pursuing dishonest gain. You know, kind of implied behind that statement is the fact that there are those who will support the ministry. And as they support the ministry, the the shepherd is often able to do full-time care for the flock. As their needs are met, as the flock recognizes, they're someone who has to serve. The shepherd isn't the the first one in the flock to have a, a new house and a place to live, but they shouldn't be living homeless. Peter recognizes he himself, as Paul wrote, had a family. And Paul says, don't I have the right to take on a family like Peter and have the flock supply for my needs? There are those who support ministry. And that's a good thing. Jesus said, the worker is worth his wages. However, Peter cautions, not pursuing dishonest gain. That is, if a pastor's in it for the paycheck, he's not in it for the right reason. If someone takes the call to serve because they're going to receive a paycheck or because the church they're serving isn't paying them or because the church might somehow give them some incentive with money, Peter warns, it's not right. Don't pursue that, but rather, he says, eager to serve. Every pastor is human and they fall to that temptation, and I know how it is to, to recognize that it's not about the money. How does a pastor become eager to serve when the temptation for wealth and security comes into the picture? Have you ever taken a job that was a pay cut? Have you ever stayed at a job when someone offered you a lot more than you're currently receiving? Peter says, that's not the way it should be with God's shepherds. And then he adds finally the third point, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. When a pastor considers a call, he might recognize he's given a position where maybe he's in charge and he's able to get a big head or the church he's serving, he might recognize, you know, I got it pretty good here. I'm in charge and things are going my way. But Peter warns, that's not the way it's supposed to work in God's church. Not lording it over the flock, but being an example. And that example includes humility. Even as you have authority, you exercise that authority in your position as an example and a humble servant. You know, when when I reflect on what Peter says here about being willing, not under compulsion, when Peter talks about being eager to serve, when Peter talks about being an example to the flock and avoiding any sort of haughtiness, it becomes very challenging 
to fill the role of one who feeds, shepherds, and guides. How does a shepherd do that? So often, I must confess, the the shepherds in our church body and in Christ's church must confess that they have shepherded without following Peter's words. Shepherding, overseeing, caring for the flock under compulsion. Failing to be an example to the flock in pride or sometimes pursuing the wrong interest. Or maybe lording it over others because they can and they want to have their way. And maybe the flock recognizes sometimes they don't give the support to their shepherd. Or maybe the flock compels the shepherd instead of supporting the shepherd. Or maybe the flock thinks they can make the shepherd do what they want if they withhold money. And so we all get this picture backwards. How do we follow, how do we shepherd as a flock, as Peter calls it, God's flock. We look to, as Peter calls the next verse, the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd who suffered. As Peter saw him suffering, the chief shepherd kept care of his flock, never once pursuing his own gain. The chief shepherd, though he was down with his face in the dirt, cried out, Father, as you will, not as I will. And he was willing to serve, to guide and protect the flock. And the chief shepherd could have lorded it over the church as he commanded authority over all, and he could have sent them to face terrible ordeals so he could benefit. Instead, the chief shepherd, risen in glory, simply sends them, saying, your sins are forgiven. As my forgiven flock, go and spread the good news. Make disciples by baptizing and teaching. And he fed them as he said, this is my body, this is my blood given for you. Do this. It's the new covenant in my blood. The chief shepherd, our Lord and Savior, is the only reason there is a flock of God. And it's the only reason why we have shepherds. And it's the only reason why shepherds can heed Peter's words. Shepherd from cross to crown. And there we have it at the end of this reading. He says, when the chief shepherd appears... That is, when the flock has been fed, when the shepherd has faithfully, eagerly, and willingly served, gaining only Christ, then, he says, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is not the reigning crown that sits, the golden crown on Christ, but it's the the crown of wreath that sits on an athlete who's who's finished the race. You know, I've seen shepherds that have served 40 50 years in ministry, their flock thanks God for them as they've finished their ministry and they they retire. But what they really are looking forward to is when Christ returns. And together with their flock, all of us receive this crown. As the Apostle Paul says, I'm looking forward to that crown which we will receive when Christ comes. But not only given to us, but to all who long for his coming. Can you see the whole flock and the shepherds who have made it past the trials, past the dangers, and have been led, fed by the word of God, guided by the shepherds he has sent, reaching into the eternal pastures of glory. And there, Peter says, it's a crown which will never fade away. Reminds you what he wrote earlier, the inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. 
all this is ours because our good shepherd and as those who are sent by him shepherd and the flock with him go from cross to unfading crown. Amen.